Oh, we are, we are rolling. Or banter. Bruce Banta. God damn. What the fuck <laughs> Bro, is the matter with seven? you, man? Like, you like seven, what? dog? Yeah, yeah he got that new seven. phone. He got that new phone. Oh, yeah, okay. only, got, only got one hole. It's interesting. How's that working out? Uh, you know, there's a converter. <laughs> Works out pretty well. Only downside is the pair of headphones I like to use. It has an L crook to it instead of the straight like thing with the with the jack thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice, but I feel like I'm going to break it every time. No way to talk about your girlfriend. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the newest comic duo. Davis, a dabbler in many disciplines with a voice that can soothe and persuade. Mike, a fanatical specialist with a mouth like a bullhorn, fueled by strong opinions and a compulsion to share them with microphones and comics in hand. They are Jacks of Trades. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jacks of Trades. I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. On Jacks of Trades, we read, discuss, and review trade paperbacks and graphic novels from major and indie comic publishers. We're not experts by any means. We just love hanging out and talking comics. How you doing, Davis? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Doing pretty well. The yeah. girlfriend and I made things Facebook official last night. I know. Now everybody gets to oh, stalk her. Geez. I know. It's which great. Is, which is interesting. Katie... Uh, made a wonderful comment after looking at some of her posts. Like, it's just Davis with with longer hair. Like, it's just a lot a lot of similar interests. Okay, a lot okay, of similar good. interests. Good at similar interests. Now, like, they look exactly the same because that would be very be really nar- weird, narcissistic really weird. of me. I'm 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 I mean, you're pretentious, just, but, but I'm narcissistic. But, but instead of flexing in the mirror while having sex, a la Patrick Bateman. You can just look at her and flex while having sex. The number of Patrick Bateman references you've been making lately have to be really concerned. It's I am really Patrick scary. <laughs> yeah, but you look more like Jared Leto in the movie. Yeah, because he's prettier. He is, he is pretty. Leto's let, let a pretty man. He loves young girls. Anyway, we are here today with Greg from In-Depth Media. Hi. As always. And unfortunately, we've decided to make him our guest as well. Yay. Hi, Greg. It reeks of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little. Or, or we want the people to get to know our lovely behind the scenes yelling from the background. I thought it was so uh, we didn't have to pay him. I mean, well, we're not going to pay him anyway. Oh, okay. Mm. I don't pay you. Yeah, but I volunteer for this. And you don't pay me either. Yeah. Donnie pays us. Don, Donnie always pays. <laughs> we, we do have an ongoing bet where every time Davis says something offensive, Donnie owes me a dollar. Yep. <laughs> He hasn't paid up yet, but his his tab is getting huge. Huge. So we are here today with Greg Tilton of In-Depth Media. He is a filmmaker. He is a cinematographer. He is all kinds of abbreviations I don't understand Uh, relating to film and and picture taken and wedding capturing for (laughs) your viewing. I don't know. Greg, why don't you tell the people what you do? Tell them... What you do in New Orleans work-wise, just so they get an idea of who you are. And as per usual, give them your experience with comics and maybe your your favorite comic character and why. Sure. I run a film production company here in town for the third time, In-Depth Media. Tell your friends. Shameless plugs. So my business partner and I, Mickey, um, we do all kinds of video work and editing work, uh, short films, documentaries, music videos, all kinds of fun stuff. I love cameras. I love being behind the camera. Give me a big expensive piece of glass and a red button to push and I'm going to have an awesome day. So, love doing that. I've gotten the podcast bug really bad, really into it now. So, Ryan and Josh, we uh, do Rumor Flies, another really fun podcast. Check it out. I listen to it every week, 
It is a wonderful podcast, a lot of good banter, but also a lot of cool information. Basically, everything you thought you knew but never wanted to look up is probably wrong. <laughs> and they do all the work for you, so you don't have to do any research at all. It's great because I'm lazy. Yeah, it's kind of oh, like a Mythbusters and Snopes smashed together and a little bit more whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, a little more whiskey. And puns. Yeah. yeah. So I have a similar relationship as I do with Davis and Mike here where I produce both shows somewhat. I do a lot of the back end website, uh, social media stuff. Mike and Davis have been taking on the reins more. Desi's obviously, uh, he's been doing some of the editing now. He's, he's in the room, he's this, time, in the room guys. this time, Hey, everybody. And I guess to uh, answer your question, so I really am very new to the comic world. Mike knew the best way to pull me into it was to give me a bunch of stuff that's basically Soviet propaganda. Um, well, first of all, yeah. <laughs> to, pull, to pull you in, I was like, hey, I want to do a podcast. And you were like, I would love to help work on another podcast. Because we could not do any of this technical work at all. <laughs> no, it would be, uh, we would have a rock band microphone attached to uh, a MacBook running garage band. That'd be about it. That is a viable option. We would just, Bill Burr style, just an iPhone balanced on a Coke can. There you go. Yeah, so I've been recently starting to read some. I'm still not nearly as uh, voracious of a reader as the two of you, but I've been slowly making my way through. I'm fully caught up on Red One. I've really enjoyed that. It's such a ridiculous series. Basically, Boogie Nights meets some sort of funny communist romp. It's, it's such a ridiculous series. I really can't describe it. Yeah, me and Greg also started reading uh, Images Mayday. It's a five-part really series. interesting, really stylized. Like Greg said, anything Soviet-based, he will read. <laughs> he is just unhealthily interested in Soviet <laughs> Russia. I'm not sure what he's trying to say. I think he's... I am a, his, I, I am a history I think degree. he's part of a sleeper cell. There you go. I guess one of my favorite heroes or just favorite characters. I've enjoyed this. I've been reading. I'm enjoying the characters I've been reading a lot. Deadpool's pretty funny. But I have to admit, one thing I love about the Marvel movies right now is Iron Man. Not because of Robert Downey Jr. Not because he's rich. Not because he has no powers, quote unquote, that, that narrative. It's just that such amazing testosterone fueled fan service i where he puts on the hulkbuster is the coolest moment the boot drops the rubble flies up and as he's like standing there with half the iron man suit sitting out it's in case is coming down and the arms are rocketing down to finish the suit and the huge mask slams down that moment of just the hulkbuster assembling was so lovingly crafted by such a bro. I just loved the Hulkbuster scene. And that like that alone cemented Iron Man as one of my favorite characters to watch. So <laughs> that makes you pro-capitalism. I mean, I wouldn't say pro, but it's convenient. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying there's a <laughs> lot. Amateur capitalism? So today, let's, guys. Yeah, let's yeah. dive in. Let, huh? let, let's get into the book. We are doing Deadpool, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly today, published by Marvel. Uh, came out in 2013. It was part of Deadpool's ongoing. It was volume three, issues 13 through 19. Came out July 2013 to November 2016. For the writers, it was Brian Posehn, who is a stand-up comedian. And voice actor. Yeah. Love that guy. He, he wrote he's done. He wrote Deadpool, volume one, uh, volume three, excuse me, issues one to 22. Uh, he also uh, wrote it with Jerry Duggan, who is a, a very famous modern Deadpool artist he's worked on Deadpool from 2013 until now until the issue that just came out I'm pretty sure our artists Declan Shalvey Shalvey I believe it's the penciler Uh, he's most known for 28 days later and hero killers and Jordi Belair who's the colorist he's known for pretty deadly and the massive now some noteworthy things about this book 
Uh, it came out as the first iteration of Marvel Now. As some of you know, we are currently in the second iteration of Marvel Now, which is Marvel has a good or bad habit, depending on your perspective, of rebooting their lines every year. So they kind of just either cut off what they're doing and start with a new number one, or they have another one and they just slap a big sticker on the front that says Marvel Now. I'm enjoying it because it's a great way to say, hey, you want to read a whole bunch of new stuff and give us a ton of money? Please do, because I'm giving them a lot of money. But I'm having a lot of fun reading stories that I hadn't previously got into. So, Davis, you, you, did you pick up any yet? Yeah, I actually, um, right now, that is part of the new Marvel Now. Yes, it's it a is. brand new comic going off with a bunch of heroes on. If you listen to our supplementary drinking issues, you'll be able to uh, hear our input on that one. But actually, uh, the new Uncanny Inhumans that I'm reading right now is part of the yeah, new Marvel an Now. an existing line that, that has a nice little jumping off point. Exactly. It's like number 16 But it's right also now. number one. It's a building issue anyway. Yeah. So this is the part of the original Marvel Now reboot. Uh, the title of the story is a reference to a 1966 film starring Clint Eastwood, which if you haven't seen it, you should, because it's a wonderful spaghetti western. Uh, the title also refers to the three most famous Weapon Plus alums, Captain America, the good, Wolverine, the bad, and Deadpool, the ugly. He's pretty ugly. They do a great job of drawing just how horrific his skin is. I don't want to know about the parts of his skin. And, like, I see the face and the eyes, and I'm done like that. They, I, I they, don't, don't want to see what, They like, show the torso, the arms, the and legs. And he always has that really toothy grin. Oh, like, and smile. His, his teeth like, are just... Like, his his teeth awful. are gross, too. He's so hideous. Very British. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, you guys ready to dive into the story a little bit and kind of kind of break it down? Knowing Deadpool, this is a little shallow, so I don't want to dive head first. I'd rather have like like a nice cannonball. Oh it's it's not a pun, but it's still terrible. It's an analogy, sir. Yeah. It's an analogy. And I'm trying but, to use but, an analogy for I, this. I'm one. just gonna say it's not up to your normal standards. But just like any good artist, Davis has to warm up. Yes. Now I do know that some of you might be a little wary about Deadpool, being as he's very oversaturated. Uh, he has three or four comics currently out. He's in Spider-Man Deadpool. He's in his own standalone. He's in Deadpool Back in Black. He was just in Deadpool vs. Gambit or Gambit vs. I forget which order it was. I thought it was Gambit and Deadpool. Verse. It was Versus. It was Versus. Okay. Because the, the, the subtitle was V stands for Versus. He it was in Deadpool Too Soon recently, which was an yeah. infinite comic. The uh, Merch versions. for the Money. Yeah, he's in the Merch for the Money. So yeah, he, he has a bunch of comics out right now. Everybody's kind of buying into him because of the movie. But I promise you that this is an interesting story that should at least entertain you for the next hour. Yes. So this story starts with issue number 13 of volume three called Talking Jive and Taking Lives. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. What, what they did with this one is they finished a current arc and they basically pulled out this archived issue from the 70s that was too controversial at the time to publish. So we're going to publish it now. And it's this modern interpretation of these 70s kind of comics of the Heroes for Hire, which is, is Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Deadpool kind of forcibly inserting himself in their story. Yeah, the proper term, I believe, is called black exploitation. That's very specifically refers to the cinematic yeah, but what, world. What, what about, what <laughs> about it is Iron Fist? Because <laughs> when you're exploiting the Asian culture in a kung fu film, it's what I have no term? idea what the term is. I don't know. But, but it's very much the racially insensitive also, narratives and monetization of but, cheap action but I, but films but in the Fist, 70s. And... Iron Fist is a white man, so mm -hmm. it's either not... As much or more offensive. <laughs> it's because, culture exploitation. Yeah, it at the time it was just 
I believe the academic term is problematic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the 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 good part about this is it's a big satire on those yeah, kind of stories. Definitely. Let's just talk about how Deadpool looks in this issue. Davis, do you want to you get the book in front of you? Describe his oh my god his costume. Oh my god! All right. At this so point. imagine imagine if Photon up. Got yourself a nice pair of plaid, all black bell bottoms going there in the bottom. <laughs> Some nice, what looks like, I would say, ankle high boots with a nice sharp point on them. So if you got to do a little bit of kicking, it gets in them. Big belt buckle going on the side with a nice tucked in, I'm guessing because of the times, all polyester, red, <laughs> red shirt with collars so big you can put a hamburger on them. A nice black vest over that with a big, big chain with kind of like a Deadpool symbol right in the middle of the whole thing. And to top it all off, there's an afro with a pick in it. Now, Deadpool doesn't have any hair, so this afro is sewn into the hood. There is the pick. Now, well, the best part is, you know it's not a hole cut in the top of the mask to grow an afro out of. Somehow, there's just an afro growing out of his mask. He probably sewed it on there, or maybe uh, maybe using this tacky glue, not too sure. Can we please address this line he's saying? Which one? Kathy. <laughs> oh, dude, like, Kathy's, a, Kathy's a great yeah, comic. He, he, he's so hoping she Dead, finds a man. Deadpool's reading the newspaper, and uh, the first thing he addresses is a Kathy comic. <laughs> man, that is the funniest thing I've ever read. I love this new comic strip, Kathy. I wish her luck finding a good man these days. She should hook up with that son of Sam guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the best part about these Deadpool tales is there's a lot of one-liners we're going to touch on, but I promise you there's so many more in the book that we're not even going to get near. Can someone TLDR Son of Sam? Serial killer? His okay. dog was telling him that the Lord wanted him to kill people, I'm pretty sure. If okay, I remember correctly. Want to hook up your friends with a Son. serial killer. Uh, well, not your good friends. No, no, just maybe, maybe frenemies. Frenemies. Yeah. And I'm looking at, like, I don't know a ton about comics, as I said before, but I'm just from a knee-jerk reaction looking at the colors. Mm-hmm. It's very much that, like, neo-noir films that you had in the, like, 60s and 70s, like, these kind of oranges, yellows, popping, saturated colors. Uh, well, the, it's, the it's, thing is kind of muted. Yeah. Because uh, at the time, they couldn't really print those colors right. as, as you can do it nowadays. Well, it's like strong mid-tones, but, like, it kind of yeah. like film. So it's it very... was just, they, they, they wanted it bright and vibrant, but they didn't quite have the ink and the technology it to do like it no yeah. white either, though, if you look at it like it's always yellow yeah, it, it, it's, whole, like it's, very it's like, not a lot of white in there Deadpool is reading a newspaper and he sees an ad for the heroes for hire right because they're obviously uh, hiring heroes yeah and he's like well I'm a hero I should totally go to this job interview which it's not it's not even remotely a job interview mm-hmm. but Deadpool is sometimes dumb sometimes just oblivious so he decides he's sometimes go. a little bit of both so he hooks up with Power Man and Iron Fist, kind of against their will. <laughs> now, just so everybody knows, uh, the first two issues are a lot of setup for the main story. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of breeze through a lot of it. A, because it's going to be a really long episode if we don't. But B, they're really fun. And I almost would rather you experience those episodes for yourself. Because we so are going to ruin funny. a lot of plot points. Yes. You know, just with our analysis. So... I don't want to spend too much time with these just kind of set you up appropriately, but he goes and sees the heroes for hire and they are going to help a Hispanic grocer. Yes. Who is getting shaken down by a local crime group. The white man. Yeah. 
Describe the white man. <laughs> who, who would like to? Davis, Greg, who wants to describe what the white man looks like? I mean, guests. It is your... I mean, for some reason, his skin is like pale white across the board, and he's in a white pimp suit, a big hat, and he has a big magical stick. Um, just, just, they basically took all the racism that was subtle in black exploitation films and 70s humor and made one character who's just on the nose with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody can stop the white man. He's always referring to himself he, he, as the white man. He, he's oppressing you know the minorities. about the white man. <laughs> do, you, do you think it was a little ironic that his staff turns everyone to stone, so he just gets everyone stoned all day long? Oh, God. I did not take it in that direction. I mean, I'm just saying, like, that. out of all the powers that the white man could have, what is it? Oh, now you're going to be stoned. Jing. Yeah, it's just he's just. Well, white people do so... love giant concrete statues in their yard. Oh, that's true. My parents just got a new bird girl. They love it. Okay. Anyway, so uh, the white man is shaking down a local Hispanic grocer. Mm-hmm. So the heroes for hire are going to help her. Power Man and Iron Fist are going to disguise themselves as employees at the grocery store, mm-hmm. so that when he comes in to shake them down, they're going to step in. Only Deadpool decides he's going to help and basically botches the entire operation. He steps in as like an alternate pimp gang leader guy who's going to try and step in on the white man's territory. Well, you're the fe- ever creative you, name. Yeah, the ever creative name, Dead Pimp. De- <laughs> <laughs> there it's, is so much. Le- yes. There is so much leopard print involved it's in his costume. You think it's it's be. wonderful. It, it is absolutely ridiculous, and and he botches the entire operation. He gets captured along with the attractive daughter of the grocer, Carmelita, and they both get locked up together. What does Carmelita mean in Spanish? Does it mean little caramel? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Okay. That he, uh, they at one point say, you know, what is like his power? And I think Deadpool, under his breath, goes, the white man's superpowers be able to infect any blanket with smallpox. Like, <laughs> And I just, I was sitting, I just burst out laughing. That is so on the nose and so inappropriate that I couldn't contain myself. It was so funny. Deadpool just has these wonderful, I don't even want to say off color because they're so far away from color. They're not even remotely okay. He just yeah. makes these terribly inappropriate jokes. And to emphasize, of course, Power Man does his Power Man's Unchained, baby, has his line. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, like it's, it's, it's that's like straight out of shaft. It's a little like <laughs> okay. It's so, sweet Christmas. Point being, anyway, y'all get my, y'all get my point. Anyway, De- Deadpool and ends up getting locked up with Carmelita. Now, I want to talk about how the artist drew this love scene. Okay, it's like, oh no, you threw me in this jail cell, which is really a rec room with a very buxom young ethnic woman. Now, if Daisy Duke shorts. We're talking about how like the pockets hung out. Like these things, are over half the length of it is pockets. Yeah, it, um, they're uh, aggressively. Short but like, as Deadpool is talking, it's like, well, we need to get out of here. She's just, just taking clothes off. Just screw it. Let's just get naked right now. And he wants to play Battleship, or as they say, Battle Boat, as Battle they call boat. it in there. Then it's just a series of 18 little short rectangular panels. Oh, look, it's a Battleship. And then a phone. And then a rose. And then a beaver. And then are covering <laughs> over her boobie while she puts a rose in Deadpool's face. And then someone almost hitting a ball into a nine hole for golf. And then a gun. And then her looking swaying in the background. And then a peg almost going into a hole. And then lips. <laughs> and then a scene from the Kama Sutra. And then a cat of nine tails. And then a train almost going into a tunnel. And then there is a uh, lava lamp. And then there's a USA very phallic looking rocket. And all Deadpool <laughs> wants to say the entire time is, I'm going 
going to sink your... And then she says, shut up. And then a rumbling. And then there's a volcano eruption. And then... Luke Cage pops in through the uh, the door and saying, yeah. sweet Christmas. I think my favorite part is just the delicate innuendo and then just a beaver. Yeah. It's, <laughs> just the picture of the animal, a beaver. It, it, it is just a hilarious representation of eating a dead horse. I mean, are you sure she wasn't beating a dead pool? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so one thing I really loved about this throwback 70s looking issue at this point in time is the fact that it is just rife with nothing but movie references and everything else from like oh, things yeah. from the 70s like earlier they like find people like we're just gonna play baseball and we're dressed like kiss it's like oh well that sucks it's like the the baseball gang in the warriors and then after that someone's saying it's like whoa whoa what are you talking about george lucas Oh, no. He read that what? That one space opera? Everyone hates THX 1398 or whatever it's and called. And they're all super excited. <laughs> the guy's like, just give Coppola a chance. Everyone knows Godfather 2 is better than 1, so 3 is going to be the best yet. <laughs> yeah, and I just sat there. I went, Godfather 2 and 3 with Coppola reference. Nice joke, if on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of these. Yeah, they're it, pretty funny. It's like your party like, wants to roll your eyes at them, but you're like, oh, but they're committing to the joke. This is pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, as Davis said, Power Man and Iron Fist break. In a fight scene ensues. There is gratuitous violence and a little bit of witty banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white man ends up getting hit with his own staff, and it turns him to stone. Luke Cage rips a man's arms off. Yeah, it was very comical to this point, and then becomes incredibly graphic. What is what is the <laughs> the Iron Fist reference? Is it just me, or is it a very sex based reference to where he charges up a punch and he's basically like once I get going I have to go or I like I can't stop it starts to hurt it starts to hurt it starts to hurt it definitely sounds like blue balls yeah yeah so so he like he just punches a wall and it explodes that's right for no reason make a note about this panel this Deadpool has an arrow in his head has anyone noticed that? In the nope. next scene, it's gone. Is he making a Steve Martin joke? Was, was there a crossbow anywhere? Never. Previously? There was never fired. It wasn't the one before. He's also. It's just there. In the next panel, it's gone. I think that might be a Steve Martin reference. He always did all of his stand up with the you know the little yeah his early stand up here and and just whoa the excuse me maybe they are just highlighting how ridiculous the violence was. No, one hundred percent. It's what David said. It, it's the Steve Martin reference. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Does he say excuse uh, he me? He does say that. Uh, yep. Okay, well, so then, then you're right. right. Sure. It's, it's the Steve 100%. Davis yes. is not even looking at the book right now. He's, yep. He, nope. it's, it's, all, it's all nothing Davis, but Steve Davis, Martin it, references. Davis, my job is to say things I don't know with 100% confidence and hope you back down. That's not your job. No, sir. No, it's, no, it's my job to say things with 100% confidence and have you think that they're real. So anyway, Aaron is head, Steve Martin reference. Yeah. But uh, white man turns to stone. He ends up being a statue in some white person's living room because white people love giant concrete statues. Everything's all said and done. Uh, day is saved. The white man is, you know, fully stoned and not able to move. It's to the point in the end where Deadpool gets to greet the wonderful, wonderful woman that he engaged with very uh, eruptive yep. coitus with. And he takes <laughs> his takes his, his mask off and comes off with it, obviously. And then we just look at this horrible looking face. Like, yeah. like, like Ryan Reynolds looked like a prom king in the movie compared to this mug. Just nasty. And he's yelling at in, in In every <laughs> single issue of this tale, they draw his skin in gruesome detail. I've read a lot of Deadpool comics where they kind of tone it down a little bit. This one, they do not tone it at all. It's just in your face as aggressive as they can possibly make it and she 
runs screaming. I do believe she starts vomiting at one point in time. She does. Yeah, I, th- I think she does throw up a little bit. So, the, yeah, the white man turns to stone. He's in someone's living room for decades. Someone knocks over the statue, and because this is how getting turned to stone works, just the outside of him was stone, so he breaks out of this stone cocoon, basically. Unlike everyone else that he's touched with this thing. Yeah, yeah. He breaks out of stone in the modern era, and he immediately goes looking for revenge on the heroes for hire, mm-hmm. which brings us to issue number 14, The White Man Cometh. Sometimes the past comes to haunt you, and it's dressed like a pimp. <laughs> and what's the movie called? Pimpula. No. The White Man Cometh. There we there go. There we go. Now we, we got the good stuff. So so now as we get into issue number two, it's back into modern looking coloring, modern looking panel layout. Art style. There's no actual like white trenches in between the panels themselves like the one we were reading previously. Yeah, no, everything's drawn in a modern style. The White Man's back and he is pissed. Yes, he, he runs out in the middle of the street, starts causing all kinds of terror and problems, and he ends up getting filmed by the people on the street just like in modern day they mm-hmm. just pull out their phones and videotape him and right. he makes that guy follow him around yeah yeah he, that's the thing <laughs> he freezes everyone with this one guy and he goes you <laughs> and he has him come around like send it onto the world wide web and has him follow him around <laughs> which <laughs> so basically while he was in stone oh, yeah, he, he was everything. just encapsulated but he is sentient and awake and he is hearing and seeing everything that's going on he just can't move yeah, yes. which and and he didn't need food. Yeah, I, I, when you're in stone, you don't need food. So if anyone's looking to preserve a loved one, encase them in concrete, and they'll be totally fine until you break uh, them out later. Magic concrete. Where do you get magic concrete? Quick crete. That's pretty magical. Very crete. Very oh very. But so the white man goes on top of the Empire State Building and says, "This is going to be the worst day ever for New York." And so it quickly reminds them, whoa, dude, 9-11? Okay, this will be one of the worst things to ever happen <laughs> in New goes, York. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. That was terrible. Like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> I love how... I love, yeah. he's, like, he's like, you're totally right. Like, that was an awful day for America. <laughs> <laughs> even this, even this, this, this terrible villain is like, yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah, so, so Luke ends reference. up seeing the white man on the TV. And the news reporter even ends up saying... Deadpool and his heroes for hire, which makes him lose his mind. He's not one of us. Like he's he's so upset that Deadpool has managed to weasel his way into the heroes for hire. That Power Man, Iron Fist, and their terrible leader, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Luke Cage is so upset, so he ends up calling Iron Fist, who's teaching a martial arts class in Harlem. And they're like, we need to find Deadpool. We need to get to the Empire State Building. There's an exchange between Iron Fist and his students, which I love, where he goes, how am I supposed to find Deadpool? And one of the students goes, he's got a Twitter. And he just stops and goes, well, don't follow him. <laughs> Luke, Iron Fist, and Iron Fist students, for some reason, all go to the Empire State Building. They get left outside on the street level while everybody goes upstairs. Now, they're distracting the white man, and Deadpool is getting the hostages out while strategically grabbing a woman's butt on the way out <laughs> in, in true, inappropriate Deadpool fashion to get everyone out of the room before the white man can notice. In his anger, he basically creates a giant explosion in the room, turning Luke Cage and Iron Fist to stone and blasting Deadpool out of the room. 
to where he lands on a taxi cab. Now, this is the thing I was talking about earlier that okay. I was very curious about. Uh -huh. So, interesting moment here is that he has his gun. He goes, I could really use control of my finger right now, Preston. And because he's stopping him, like, don't shoot him while he's holding that baby. Yeah. yeah well, any fan of Deadpool knows that he has a ton of voices in his head. Right. Now, and I have an archived issue for when Greg decides to be delinquent and doesn't want to show up to record one month. <laughs> and we have to release these archived issues to keep you people satiated. Satiated? Satisfied. There you go. And in that one, all of Deadpool's inner monologues just get destroyed by one powerful one. During the explosion, if you look at the artwork, he fires his gun. Hmm. If you notice that. So I was very curious. Once I understood what Preston was and all that and the battle for control they yeah. have. Mm -hmm. But I thought so, it was interesting that he yeah. does like he does take the shot here. Yeah. Especially yeah. in like these issues where he's definitely like he's kind of a psychopath, but he's yeah, not he, like he's, he's, he's not like just narc you know, murdering people. No, not not terribly. Do you think they'll ever have an episode whenever or like an issue whenever Betty White dies and Betty White becomes one of the voices of I life? hope so. I really hope oh Betty White. That would make that'd make life a little easier after that. Or Martha happened. Stewart just be like, and that's a good thing. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> so, Deadpool gets blasted out of the building, lands on a car, completely crippled. So, while his healing factor kicks in, the martial arts students of Iron Fist decide they're going to strap him to a furniture dolly, and they're going to go after the white man who is loading the statues of Power Man and Iron Fist onto a boat to escape. Where he doesn't notice any... Yeah, technically it is. It is a yacht. Onto the boat. I'm going to get my getaway right now. You eh. jive turkey. Get out of here, you hand turkey. <laughs> <laughs> like your Thanksgiving preschool artwork yeah, that yeah. you gave to your parents. It's like calling someone a crumb bum, too. A crumb bum. You crumb bum. Just anything to not Just to associate with other society, right? Like anything to differentiate yourself. Okay, so they sneak on board. There's a fight that ensues. The kids just start attacking the white man. Deadpool's just like... Okay, well, go ahead. Your funeral. Have fun. And they punch him in the nuts. Someone, they are small enough. They have the right, you know, like, as far as if you're going with batting box here. After Powerfist gave them a lecture about fighting fairly and justly. <laughs> to be, as I was always taught, there is no such thing as a fair fight. If another human is trying to harm you, yes. it is your job to do as much damage to them as you possibly can to protect yourself. Pocket sand. Pocket sand. <laughs> Anyway, the kids attack him. They punch him as Davis. In the testicles. In the testicles. Turn him to stone and push him overboard. Yep. We get a lovely flash forward to the future where Earth is completely devoid of human life. And he is the last human specimen captured by a bunch of space aliens who then bring him to a zoo. Dress him up like a Fred Flintstone-esque caveman. And put him on display for other aliens. Which, after all, the 70s racial humor and the white man is such a fitting, insensitive, and inappropriate <laughs> end to such a racial monster. Like, just that. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Just the fact that all this racial commentary plugged into one awful corner. It's a very fitting end. The worst it time out is ever. is a fitting end for him. Uh, so the day is saved. Deadpool goes on his way. And, and here we kind of start getting our first concrete reference to Preston. Greg mentioned earlier in, in, in the situation. For anyone who doesn't know. And I don't know. I did the research. Good. Uh, get this. Agent Preston is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. After Captain America's reputation was tarnished for killing a zombie Harry Truman <laughs> raised from the dead by a villain known as the Necromancer, 
She was tasked by S.H.I.E.L.D. to recruit a hero who wouldn't have the same reputation problems. <laughs> she recruited Deadpool for the job after he stopped a zombie Franklin Delano Roosevelt from terrorizing New York. She was killed when zombie George Washington attacked the helicarrier, and the necromancer put her consciousness in Deadpool's head. That is exactly what happened in the previous arc of Volume 3. Oh, oh, okay. So Deadpool is talking on a phone, and Preston pops in. She is going to be the pink speech bubbles as opposed uh-huh. to Deadpool's usual yellow. And she pops in and warns Deadpool to be attacked. So he grabs a needle full of raw adrenaline out of his one of his many pouches and slams it into his chest. Pulp Fiction style. And just basically gets ready to go to town. His attackers start shooting him with tranquilizer darts. His crazy eyes. Yeah, it's, it's not no right. one's yeah. scooping anything. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very crazy. <laughs> so he gets hit by a bunch of trank darts and ends up killing the two attackers and then laments that he always forgets to leave one alive to where this red-haired woman off to the side attempts to shoot him and he goes ahead, shoots out her knees, and then it chops off her fingers when she tries to take a cyanide pill. He asks her, how long has this been going on? And she basically says, this is the seventh time they've drugged Deadpool to harvest his organs for their buyer, a man named Butler. Which is kind of a really strong turn for the previous two issues. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's kind of this like, oh, ha 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 ha, campy things happening in the past. Oh, look, Deadpool got laid. Why, so yeah, why so are gone we doing from... Will Smith? No, no. Why are we doing Will Smith? He has to answer for his crimes. Why are we doing Will Smith? Fine, fine, fine. Hold on. <clears throat> Don't go there, because he'll take your fingers. Deadpool likes to fart and let it linger. It's not bad for on the spot. All right, thank you. <laughs> it's really not bad for on the thank spot. So, All right. A strong B. Partial redemption. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, anyway, Deadpool finds out he's been getting drugged and his organs harvested for some unknown reason. He explains to him that it's this man named Butler. She's like, okay, well, we're done. And he's like, I can protect you. And she's like, no, no, you no, can't. Not at all. Yeah. To which she immediately gets sniped. Just shot in the head from, from a, a, a sniper off in the distance mustache yeah deadpool runs up to get him but then a helicopter just kind of flies away before he can doses and we see this cloaked figure that says our free-range deadpool experiment is over let's bring him home and then we begin the meat and potatoes that is the good the bad and the ugly part one exactly if you're reading this in an ongoing format in 2013 this is where the arc technically starts mm-hmm. but the two issues prior are very important to the story which is why they were included in the trade paperback yes now uh, if we're looking at this style wise it went from this very like very bright bold not this you know incredibly serious not really lifelike looking kind of cartoony little anime look now we go into this very just simplified realistic very just muted colors looking Deadpool. There's a lot of hard lines and angles. It's not very rounded and kind of kind of pleasing on the eye. It's very mm-hmm. sharp, very jarring, and the colors are very dark. Even when the background is supposed to be white, it's still kind of this dirty off-white. So anyway, uh, it opens with uh, a man in a suit. He's uh, talking to a scientist about a particular Weapon X candidate that washed out of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suit can't 
possibly fathom why someone would wash out a cancer patient who is now cured of his cancer because of their program. And the scientist is basically like, okay, his body might have been special, but his mind was garbage. It's just done. Which is the, the quote from the book, which shows a naked Wade, Deadpool, being ejected out of the program physically down a trash chute into a pile of decomposing bodies and bones. Now, every single issue is they have these flashbacks to where you look at, you know, Deadpool in the beginning of the of the uh, Project or Weapon Plus program, whatever he was in. Then you look at Wolverine in the Weapon X program. You look at, you know, Cap, as we talked about earlier, going over the Super Soldier program. And you look at this, the entire background is just this white and grays. Stark white, unlike, you know, looking at the present the, the, where everything's, the only ki- everything's kind of But it, you it's, know, it's just to highlight dirty. the... Frigid temperatures, the snow, mm-hmm. the harsh environment. But opposing that, we have presented our pink, red even. This kind of just like vulnerable color. Well, his obviously skin is red. very, very sore covered. Exactly. Very... Well, even then in, in the further, you know, issues coming up there, it's this is red and white dichotomy there. Because you see, it's it's this very vulnerable color, like pink, like brand new baby flesh. I was going to say, it very much That's has interesting a birthing quality I, I, I didn't pick up on that when I first read it. But I think it, Wolverine looks point. that way too. In it. Yeah, it's a they, good point. It's kind of, kind of this, this pinkish vulnerability hue. Which which I I didn't quite pick up on, but I like that. It's interesting. And now we're talking about this man who has had cancer cured. He's ugly as fuck. Sorry. <laughs> ugly as sin. Ugly as fucking sin. He, he's really ugly. It, it, and they don't, like we said, they don't shy away from drawing him that way. Not at all. But his mind is garbage, but he has been cured of cancer. Yeah. I like that whole line, his mind was garbage. Every issue so far has referenced... Nobody kind of likes him. Truth. Iron Fist and Power Man don't really enjoy him. He's cured of his cancer. And and the scientist in charge of the program is like, yeah, he's garbage. Like, everybody's just kind of writing him off. Mm-hmm. You know, which which is, is going to come up much more in this story. So, in the head for his poor judgment call, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the man he's talking to his suit goes over to a tank in the abandoned Weapon X facility, which is housing his beloved, is how he refers mm-hmm. to her as, and he basically says, get you healed. Mm-hmm. You know, so that there's a woman in a tank who is inflicted by something that he is very concerned about, and now he's upset because Deadpool might have unlocked the key to that. That frame of him on the glass saying, I love you, is so disturbing. Yeah, he's just yeah. I spent a solid 30 seconds looking at that frame being like, this is so uncomfortable. It's not just the content, it's not just the, the coloring... Just the way, like, even laying on it, his body almost looks disfigured on it. It's a very yeah, creepy it's, panel. It's really And it looks like in the next panel, they basically are showing you it's the same facility that he was ejected from, right? Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So we get to the modern day. We see a much older version of the guy in the suit lamenting over this tank that is still housing this woman. Very Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. in in the Batman and Robin movie mm-hmm. with, with, with the, the woman in the tank, like, I will heal you once I can figure out how right. kind of thing. He's so, giving me the cold shoulder. Yeah, we jump to we jump back to Deadpool, who is now going to seek help from his fellow Weapon Plus alums, yep. and he starts with Wolverine, who is currently just chilling in luxury. Deadpool breaks into Logan's hotel, dresses up as a bellhop, and goes into uh, his room. Now he he tells Logan what's going on about him getting harvested and, and drugged and everything, and Wolverine basically is like. What do you expect from the kind of lifestyle you lead? Like, you're, you're a mercenary. You kill indiscriminately or for money. Do you really expect 
people to, to look out for you to expect some shady kind of stuff to happen to you. So he refuses to help him. And then my favorite part is as Wade's stepping out, he says goodbye to Storm. You're like, why, why would you say goodbye to Storm? Mm-hmm. And then a lump of covers next to Logan basically says, bye, Wade. Ooh, they getting it on. Yeah, yeah. Storm and Wolverine have a history of, of doing the deed. So it, it's a fun little reference that almost wasn't necessary. It's just Deadpool kind of throwing salt. <laughs> just, just being salty. Yeah. So then he goes over to Captain America, who's fighting... Some sort of costumed group. AIM. AIM, Hydra, something like that. AIM. I know Hydra's green. I didn't know if AIM was yellow. Yeah, no, AIM is uh, AIM is yellow. They look like they're in hazmat suits the whole time. Yeah, so he's fighting AIM, and they're working together as a team. Captain America just tells Deadpool, you know, look, you kind of have put yourself on the outside of society. Your mind's not quite right. You know, maybe you should go talk to somebody. You know, so both Wolverine and Captain America have kind of dismissed Deadpool, which, again, is a theme the scientist dismisses him from the program. Wolverine dismisses him. Dismisses him. The heroes for hire dismiss him. Everybody's just dismissing Deadpool. Yeah, well, because it's know. Deadpool. It's like he, he he's a rogue. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad because Deadpool's kind of laid his own... He's dug his own grave. Yeah, he's kind of dug his own grave. So we see Deadpool at dinner. He's talking to his inner monologue, Preston. And he goes to put a tracking device in his leg. Why You're forgetting the key point about this whole thing. So he pulls down his pants to show a pair of blue underwear with a number two that looks eerily similar to the Fantastic Four logo. It's the Fantastic Two. So is that is that Sue Storm's underwear? Is that is that what that's that's saying? No, I. Because Sue I, Storm is number two in the Fantastic Four. Well, and he's wearing a pair of underwear in the same style as the Fantastic Four, but it says. Two, right. Which I took from that suit. I, I, I looked. I researched this. I couldn't find any reference under, to it. You know, I can see where you go through that one. But you look at the construction of the underwear. They appear to be boy short. Whereas I see Sue Storm being very much a panty person. See, I don't see her in any underwear because those costumes are not appropriate. Like, the, the female characters, the way they're drawn. Male characters, too. There's no room for underwear in these costumes. No, but that's the thing. Well... Contrary to a lot of other female characters' costumes, she's literally covered head to toe. Except for that one time where she had the, the four-shaped boob cutout, which was kind of weird. Yeah, that was... We're not going to talk about that it one. It was very short, though, that I'm glad it ended. I'm yeah, that was, that was, was odd. She, she's, she's a mother, for Christ's sake. Yeah. So anyway, um, Deadpool is listening to a police scanner to find a crime scene because he's going to sleep in it. Because that's where Deadpool sleeps. He finds a murder scene that has been taken care of by the crime scene investigators. Well, yeah, because no one's going to be there. Yeah. Preston is very, very upset about this. But Deadpool's like, eh, this is fine for me. So now he's in the crime scene and Wolverine just randomly sneaks in. Bub. Basically confirms that Wade was right. He's being followed. Wolverine has, has tracked these guys here. He warns Deadpool and they decide to split up. Wolverine takes the top. Deadpool takes the bottom. Deadpool decides to fill a microwave with a bunch of chemicals and knives. Yep. I'm not sure why at the moment, but we'll mm-hmm. find out shortly. Uh, Wolverine runs by the gas heater and just, you know, shink. Turns it on. Yeah. Turns a little on, cuts a little tube or two. Yeah. So there's a bunch of guys rappelling down the side of the building. Wolverine cuts the ropes. Deadpool blows up the microwave in a bunch of guys' faces. This wonderful scene of Deadpool standing in the middle of the road, shooting into the sky at a helicopter, basically telling Butler, come and take him. Right. Kind of thing. Molon Labe, come and take me. You know, like... Molin Labe. No. When 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 Persia asked uh, Sparta to lay down their arms, and Sparta told him to come and take them, Molin Labe. That's what, that's what the phrase comes from. Deadpool is just Kumon Labre. 
as you said. Molon labe. M- multiple labia. Um, multiple labia. <laughs> just shooting at this helicopter in the sky. Yeah. And then... Scene lights out, and we see... He has now actually been captured, and there's a whole bunch of tubes in his body, and a very large, large tube around his penis. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why there's a whole bunch of tubes coming out of his wiener. One knows. But we got part two after this. Yeah, jump to part two. Deadpool uh, is, he's carving a nice turkey dinner. Yeah, it, it, this is a weird scene. Some crash test dummies. I guess he's having a nightmare? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't d- quite know. Realization of self. Uh-oh. He's, he's not really carving a turkey for loved ones. He has no loved ones. Yeah, he's just having some horrific nightmares at this point while he's stuck in his tank. Colonel Jong enters the lab, speaking with Butler, uh, accuses him of being distracted by the health of his sister, which we now understand the beloved that this scientist was laying on was is his sister, which is now creepier by calling him or his beloved. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of uncomfortable. Creepy. But Butler basically says, everything's fine, everything I've done is for you, and the, the stuff for my sister is entirely ancillary. It's, it's, it's the fringe benefits. I have not missed any of my targets. And Colonel Jong's like, yeah, but you've missed all your deadlines. He's like, it takes time. This is cutting-edge science. Calm down. They're going to go over the quote-unquote other specimens in Camp 23. Kind of funny, because what's the name of Wolverine's clone? X-23. Exactly. Yeah. So... Deadpool all of a sudden wakes up from suspended animation and just starts killing all of the scientists. Now, really quick, yeah, thank uh-huh. you. What happened? Yeah, that what thing is that news pops, like? And he did his insurance policy earlier, like a tracker. But that's where he put it, right? It's like some sort of thing that pops. Now, like he, he says, quote, it's Ant-Man the condom. I don't want to know. I don't get it. Like, what is it? Him up, like so I, I just maybe that tracker had a little bit of adrenaline in it, like or something, a little capsule yeah. or something. I don't know. I don't but think like, it was a tracker though. I think it was like um, it was something uh, else, super secret Adderall pill or something. Yeah, because like it swells up, it explodes, like blood and pus goes everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, nasty. yeah. He's a giant mass that grows out of his leg and it pops, and then this nastiness kind of floats into the tank. Maybe it's kind of like if someone pops your zit while you're sleeping, you wake up. Yeah, we've all experienced that one. Uh-huh. So. 100%, Davis. <laughs> I mean, that might be the idea, though, is that it, it swells and bursts, and, like, the jolt would wake him up or something. All mm-hmm. he knows is that it wakes him up. And yeah. then he starts ripping out throats. Yeah, he, he physically rips out one scientist's throat. He takes one of the tubes in his body and shoves it in another guy's eye. Fuck. Uh, he throws a scalpel into a guy's back. It was a pretty gruesome... It's a very graphic one. Preston confirms that Deadpool has been under an experimental mind-wiping drug, which is why he hasn't been remembering all these harvestings. Deadpool runs into a scientist in the hallway, and he has to quietly get rid of him. So, who wants to talk about this moment? <laughs> I'll talk about it. It's a wonderful moment. <laughs> so, I learned three things today involving this one. One, when using a handgun, I'm assuming some form of 9mm, probably a Glock. You can use a potato, a Coke can, or a human bicep as a type of silencer. Yeah, Deadpool places the pistol to his arm and shoots through it into the guard's face. Yeah, one and done. Apparently a very useful silencer. I would I would assume only useful if you have a healing factor. Oh. So much less like if you really need It's a great one-off party trick. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 Daffy Duck in the Devil costume where he drinks all the nitroglycerin. <laughs> and he's like he's like I can only do it once and he floats to heaven. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that without a healing factor or in a dire emergency, but you can use your bicep as a pistol silencer. Yeah, but that's why I always carry a potato with me. You carry a potato with you? 
Oh, I'm Irish-ish. Irish silencer. The potato now, or you fermented to drink it later? That's a family guy joke, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's Archer. Arch, Archer, that's right. That's Archer. an Archer joke. I, I love that. <laughs> so, so as soon as he is done liberating himself from this camp, we see a giant statue of the glorious leader himself. He's in North Korea. Yeah, nobody says it, but he's in North Korea. It takes a while for them to actually Obviously, say North eventually Korea. They do. They yep. do make sure you know it's best. Korea. But it's it's really clear they're in best Korea. Yep. That joke's totally not played out yet. <laughs> so yeah, Deadpool <laughs> exits the building, realizes in North Korea, and he encounters Butler. Butler shows Deadpool what he's been doing with his organs. I loved the term they used for this. I think it might have been a comic book resource article. I'm not entirely sure where the source was, but they referred to this group as the K Men mm-hmm. for. Korea. And basically, Butler has been using Deadpool's DNA to graft certain X genes onto normal humans. So we now have this cancer-skinned X-Men team of North Korean internment camp prisoners. Right. We have a Storm. We have a Cyclops. We have a Wolverine. We have a Nightcrawler. We have a Colossus. We have a Banshee. We have a Thunderbird. And we have a Sunfire. Now, I was unfamiliar with Banshee, Thunderbird, and Sunfire. I spent about a half an hour trying to type in their costume into Google, which was very interesting. <laughs> Sunfire, just, already three things. Just, Thunderbird, just, already 15 things. Just like offensive Native American X-Men. Like, I was trying... I, don't, I didn't know how to quite go about it, so I'm just typing in the words I can figure it out. And they're all covered in Deadpool swords, basically. And have these blue and white amalgamations of the standard traditional X-Men costumes that they wear. Butler then reveals to Deadpool he has a child with Carmelita. What? what? And then shoots him in the head. Yep. Blocking yeah, so, out. So uh, the next two pages are really cool. Because it's I'm just scared. two completely black pages of just Butler's dialogue. Right. And it's all just, I'm scared. And then it's just her monologuing, being like, Wade, wake up. Come on, Wade. Like, you, 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 come on. You're, you're, you're awake. I, 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 I can feel our fingers move. Come on, don't, don't be a dude. Yeah, Deadpool seems kind of broken on this one at the moment. She's, she's alone in Deadpool's head trying to wake him up. She's bouncing from fear to self-reliance to trying to pick up Deadpool, I guess, spiritually, emotionally. And it's right. not quite working. Deadpool finally opens his eyes and we can see that he's strapped into some restraint contraption in a cave hasn't spoken in three days and when he finally speaks to Preston he says her name is Eleanor so Deadpool knows about his child he says that Carmelita came to him asking for help Deadpool basically laughs her off shaking him down for child support yeah yeah but Deadpool's like it must be a scam verbatim he says the child is too beautiful and doesn't think that he can create anything that looks like that which, again, everybody's down on Deadpool. So is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He's also down on himself because everybody else is. It's uh, jumping that, you know, jumping that line between uh, having humility and being self-loathing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate with with how he's dealing with this. And and Preston's basically like, no, no, no. Your mind's getting messed with. You took the drugs and everything. You should be. And he basically shuts her completely down by saying, "Do you remember seeing your son's face for the first time?" The Deadpool is just not accepting, no matter what happened in his life, that he would forget his own child. You know, and, and he's really beating himself up over this. Thankfully, Korean Nightcrawler shows up. Mm-hmm. A man named Kim. Deadpool. What's his, what's his Cayman name? 
I don't know what Nightcrawler is in Korean. No, neither do I. But I'm thinking like we could. Well, we could do something like um, uh, Darkwalker. Done. <laughs> okay, so Darkwalker shows up. There we copyrighted. go. Copyrighted. Anybody else uses that? You got to pay us. Darkwalker bamfs into the situation. Yep, it actually says bamf. So yeah. well, it's the same either. power, so it's going to have the same onomatopoeia. Yeah. So shows up. Deadpool won't speak to him. So Preston kind of takes over. Night with Darkwalker. Mm-hmm. Bamps him out of his restraints and basically tells uh, him that he is made of pieces of a, another man with powers and a piece of Deadpool. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, that, that basically explains some things. And he confirms that his family is being held captive, probably in the same location that Deadpool's family is being captive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being held captive. So, arc moment. Preston asks, you know, how were you trained to use the powers? And, and, then, and he oh, basically, and, he, and he's like, what do you mean trained? And this is going back to, as I said, these flashbacks. Everything is Every in all white. Every flashback is brutal. Everything is they're in all, all white, brutal. little grayscale there, and they're literally on a firing squad with three men that all look like this off-brand Nightcrawler going, all right, three, two, one, fire. Pfft. First guy doesn't bamf out the way. He's dead. Second guy, fire. Pfft. God isn't as out he's the way trying he's to reassure him, be like, just breathe. You can do this. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to talk him through. Like if you just focus, you'll get out of this. Guy's like, I can't, I can't. And he just out. Yeah. They basically learn how to use their powers by being on a firing squad. It's very <laughs> North Korean of them, which is, which is horrific. And he just happens to, to be able to bamf out of the way. So after the training scene, we see Deadpool and the Korean nightcrawler are running to the camp to see their families. And Preston is going to force Deadpool to kind of take the wheels here by running at two armed guards. Because Deadpool is basically like, look, you're a shield agent, but you're not trained to handle this. And she's like, okay, fine. Well, you're up, stupid. And basically gets him into this giant fight scene with these two guards, which he easily handles them and then immediately shuts down afterwards. Yeah, he's just, he's just no jokes. So serious. Yeah, yeah she, she makes a quip of like, oh, the day Deadpool finally shut up. And he's like, quick, trying to cheer me up. Yeah, he is so he's despondent. so morose. Yeah, so despondent. I like pensive. That word. Morose is a good one. Pensive, though. pensive, Very like pensive. like like a DJ Khaled album cover. All right, guys, Just... if we keep working, we will reach that perfect SAT score. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so they decide to explore what's in this weird locked bunker that these two guards are 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 guarding, and they find Cap and Wolverine in suspended animation. What? They ain't gonna be happy. It has like Wolverine's hands, yeah, yeah, angled like so the knuckles are towards his face. I noticed that, so it's like if his blades were not just like, like yeah, right in his own face, yeah, exactly. So, so it, it kind of he won't die because he's Wolverine. No, but, but the idea is that it's harder for him to escape. Exactly, exactly. So we jump to part three, which is a Captain America flashback. Mm-hmm. Davis, you want to talk about the flashback? Well, it's old school Cap and old school Bucky going to the Western Front in order to save our troops. Germany, 1943. Germany, 1943. Well, it's a concentration camp, well, I, I, right? used be, I used to be 44 because it's a concentration camp. Yeah, I was going to say, 45. it's actually like, like, it's not like the classic, like, plucky, like, the Western Front, like, you know, America on the move. It's yeah. like, oh my God, this is horrific. There's a truckload full of bodies. Yeah, they're cleaning like, a concentration <laughs> camp. <laughs> and, 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 and as our boys find a truckload of bodies over there in Germany, they think to themselves, well, how can we make use of these good old-fashioned corpses? <laughs> For the war effort. For the war effort. So what, your troops? We're going to have lampshades and piano pins tonight, I tell you what. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too much? Too much? Okay. Who was the scientist that would use 
bastard that yeah, went to if, Brazil. But so we have uh, <laughs> going back again, flashback. It is winter cold. This just kind of just snowy, all white. In the very white. With this red, you have the red of Cap Shield in his boots and a red Nazi flag and Bucky in his red leggings for some reason. And the, just pink, popping. the pink of the corpses, the vulnerability again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just all of this working out as we see Deadpool is like, hey guys, welcome from being in suspended animation. Well, well Epsilon says, this is why we fight. We must never allow this to happen again. That's a very important line. We're going to come back to it at the end. Mm-hmm. But that, that's the whole reason of Cap's flashback is, is his reference to an internment camp. His reference in his mind to, to this kind of situation he's currently in. Which is, we can't allow these kind of things to happen. Which is exactly what's happening in North Korea right now. Well, in, in fictional North Korea. Right. Deadpool wakes up Cap and Wolverine and basically kind of shows him what's going on. And the Korean Nightcrawler is like, oh great, your friends are here. And immediately, both of them say, he's not our friend. So like, Deadpool can't catch a break anywhere no, in the story. Not at all. Like, Deadpool, no, it's like, hey, here to help you, buddy. He's he, he's not our buddy. Yeah, can't can't catch a break like, at thanks all. Thanks for breaking us out of the suspended animation. By the way, still not our friend. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the other K-Men, the Korean X-Men, show up and kind of quickly team up and figure out they have to take this camp very quietly and quickly because if they don't it's going to get to the other camp camp 23 and their families are going to get killed the line is like he smells like you and nightcrawler it's like oh apparently they got all wade's nasty smelliness from his you know genetic thing they put into him what have you seen their skin it it, it just open wounds you could totally like open you could wounds throw, you could totally throw something through some of these open holes they have in them yeah colossus <laughs> has a lot of holes through him which is yes. kind of weird so they have to take this camp quickly they decide to to team up, and this wonderful fight scene immediately ensues. Deadpool gets bamfed into a guard tower, pulls out a pair of brass knuckles. One hand says dead, the other hand says pool, beats that guard down, and then pulls up the guard's rifle. As he's shooting the opposing guard towers, oh, yeah. says one, two, three, four, I declare an actual war. Because <laughs> oh, Captain America has already expressed, he's like, we need to be very careful about not starting an open conflict between the U.S. and North Korea. Right. Yeah, George Deadpool's like, I don't care about that. He's so like, listen, I'm an Avenger. We can't be doing this. Oh, but Captain America can do some random things. Yeah. That's right. He does yeah. that yeah, he's like, Captain America can do this, but I can. So... Yeah, Deadpool does his little one, two, three, four, I declare an actual war, uh, and his fight scene ensues. Now, Wolverine tells Korean Colossus to throw Korean Wolverine into a guard tower, which is a traditional X-Men move. Colossus always yeah, threw the, uh, Wolverine. fastball, right? Yeah, it's called a fastball. Classic X-Men move, and having never done it before, it fails miserably. <laughs> he just wanders it all like together. <laughs> yeah. Like, Park will forgive me, yeah. probably. <laughs> just throws him way past the guard tower. But thankfully, Korean Cyclops can no longer hold his eyes shut and just... Blast the tower down. We have two guards take a syringe out of their pocket and basics like, this is going to kill us though, isn't it? What's better? They're going to shoot us anyway because we lost the camp. So they stick these syringes in them and turn into these giant rock monsters and just start what? causing problems. Giant rock monsters. Rock monster! That's rock lobster. It's lobsters or monsters? No, they're not. They're giant sea scorpions. Lobster Johnson. Anyway. These two rock monsters get lit up by the Korean sunfire 
And they respond by grabbing him and throwing him into a barbed wire fence, right. which just shreds him. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, it, 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 it's pretty horrific. They grab. You're like, look at the heroes doing these amazing things, and then just shredded. throw him into a blender of a barbed wire fence. I mean, it right. really does look like he's turned like pulp. I mean, it's really nasty. Little, yeah, it's, it, it's it's a pretty nasty. Again, frame. very graphic. They're very graphic in this part of the story. Hashtag um, no filter on this. Not one. not even a little bit. <laughs> they grab the Korean Thunderbird by the arms and legs and start to pull him apart from the middle. Which Cap, Wolverine, and Deadpool step in. Wolverine cuts a hole in the chest of one of them, and Deadpool shoves a grenade in the hole, which blows him to pieces. Now Cap turns to the other rock monster and basically says, Surrender, or I turn you over to them. He just starts spilling yeah, yeah, he everything. immediately just gives yes. up everything. He's like, here's where the DNA samples are being held. Here's where the family camp is. Here's everything you need to know. Please don't kill me. So Deadpool breaks into the DNA bunker, and doesn't find Butler. Deadpool kind of has this heart-to-heart with Preston at that point, which I think is really interesting. And he basically says, when everyone treats you like you're worthless, you believe it. This kind of thing we've been seeing. Yeah. Every character so far that comes in contact with Deadpool treats him as worthless. The only one that thinks he has worth at this point is Butler, and it's just for his healing factor. Yeah, like it like well, doesn't even think he's he's worth as a person. He's just worth something as this DNA sample, this harvesting tool. Right. And even then, like Preston is the only person that's ever, you know, driving Deadpool to do anything. Not even he not even himself is he trying to do anything. He's just like, Yep, no, this gonna it's gonna sleep in these murder scenes and you know, exist. Yeah, yeah. So so basically Butler's kinda loading up his beloved, his sister, whatever, and, and flies off in a helicopter, which puts to a close Part three. Now we jump into part four, which opens with a Wolverine flashback. Again, all white in the background, a little bit of black, a little bit of gray thrown in there, but this very vulnerable pinky flesh with some blood. Again, with the red, blood being yeah. with all these flashbacks. Yeah, I, I like the, how I like how sneak. Yeah, I like how when his claws come out, they make sure to dial home the point that every time Wolverine's claws come out. He has to cut his own body. Mm-hmm. Like, his, his holes aren't there. He has to cut through his skin every time he wants his claws out. And it's just this splash of blood on the, the white snow. Basically him running away from the Weapon X program and his dialogue about fighting to be a man and not a monster. The whole point of Weapon X program is to dehumanize him far enough to where he's just this mindless killing machine at someone else's disposal. One thing I was going to mention was that this is a little small distinction because, you know, up here it shows the uh, K-Man Wolverine bone augmentation it's not yeah. metal yeah, yeah which is they, interesting because like it doesn't even wolverine point out he's like ugh, poor guy yeah, they, like, he points they, out it's like they don't ugh. have the technology at this program to give him the adamantium skull this right. skeleton that wolverine has so he, he still has the bone claws yeah, i, I think wolverine's it was, wasn't wolverine makes a comment he's like oh god i remember that like yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's almost it, it, it's kind of poor guy to just suddenly have bone claws this wolverine grew up with that he learned when he was, what, 13, I think? So, right. Yeah. That he has bone claws. This guy's like, I've been normal my entire life. Shit, experiment happened. I got claws now. Snicked. That's creepy. That hurts. That's really painful. So now Wolverine's kind of worried. He's like, okay, they have my student's DNA. Because at this time, Wolverine is running his, his own school. Him him and Scott Summers have kind of parted ways after the death of Jean Grey. Scott got all cray. And yeah, yeah. Scott, Scott's taken over the, the X-Men where Wolverine is running the Jean Grey School for the Gifted, which is the then Xavier School. He takes over Xavier School, renames it after Jean Grey, and is running this school, trying to be a good person. It's odd. He was always the darker character, and now he is better than, I don't say better, but he is trying to be more noble than Scott Summers. I think this is where it happened. 
Mm-hmm. He got wounded and said that he doesn't get regenerative anymore. I'm guessing there's some incident where he no longer can like. Yeah, at one point in the he's comics, he clearly can regenerate because his arm looks okay-ish now. No, at, but, at or one something. Point, at one point in the comics, he lost his healing factor. I do love that Deadpool puts a little pink bandaid on it. Yeah, yeah. Which the artist made a note to continually draw that pink bandaid because you'll see him running into combat with this little pink bandaid over a bullet right. wound. So he's like, arm. so he's not regenerative, but he's still kind of strong. Is that kind of what I mean, it is? He, he, yeah, he's he's. He's, he's tough as nails. He's right. always been tough as nails. Right now, he does not. But if he have blew his off his arm, the arm's gone. Yeah, yeah. You, you take a part out of him, he's done. Okay, so yes, the stakes are a little higher for him now. It wasn't really about the healing factor for him. He didn't really care too much. He was always throwing himself into danger, no matter. But what. I mean, when you lose that ability, you're obviously you have to fight more conservatively. I mean, you can't just. You'd think, but it doesn't look that way. That, okay, that's a still, fair point. Barreling <laughs> head first. He's he's just gotten better here. at it. Fair enough. But yeah, Wolverine does make a point to say he's glad that Cap is leading the program, and Cap's kind of taking the point, man. He he's trying to make a plan how they're going to get to this new this Camp Twenty Three, and Deadpool's like, well, they want me. Let's give them me. So. All of a sudden, from Camp 23, it appears they've captured Deadpool. Only they go to pull up his mask, and it's the Korean Cyclops who just blows them all away with his his laser vision. Which, good tactical move. I mean, <laughs> I'm solid. It, it it really worked for them. They they seem to be they seem to fall for it. Plus, it's a good way to get rid of a vast number of the people. Now, I don't know with with, with how dramatic the explosion was. I'm not entirely sure if if Korean Cyclops survived because it doesn't seem yeah, like a lot of these. It, it looks like he surviving. didn't. Uh, looks like he didn't really last too long in that because it's just this giant zark. Yeah, again, I always love these sound effects and how they draw them. It, it's wonderful onomatopoeing. Yeah, so so it blows him away. Deadpool jumps down and immediately kills Colonel Jong. Butler's running away. Chaos ensues. The Korean Wolverine ends up getting shot in the head. Korean Nightcrawler then bamps the shooter into some barbed wire. Like, he, he rematerializes with barbed wire in his organs. Which is, is really horrific, but don't don't shoot my friend. I mean, I, I understand entirely. That's solid. Yeah, if, solid. So, if someone shot Greg, I'd be very upset. I would try to bamf them into some barbed wire. Dude. And if someone shot Davis, I would tell them that's not cool. I, I can handle that. But, I dude, I will say, the K-Wolverine... Let's just call him Badger. They see it's like, can his healing factor do that? It's like, no, his healing factor isn't that good. Also, well, well, well the, tries- the whole point was was he got shot in the head. So, so right. Wolverine's like, well, his brain will regenerate, and 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 the Korean Nightcrawler's like, no, no, the, the brain doesn't regenerate. For well, him. even then, they even said, yeah, but his healing factor pretty much treats every opening in his body as a wound and tries to close it. So his eyes, ears, mouth, nose, everything, he has to constantly cut open. Because he's dealing with two people that have a human healing factor. Let's spend a couple minutes talking about your butthole constantly closing itself. Oh, God. Uh, Imagine how horrific that is. You'd have to have a corkscrew with you at any given oh, point stop. in time. Oh, your butthole. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. He's got claws. Oh, that's even... Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Which, or an ice pick. Oh, that's a small opening, though. Yeah, the, the, bar tools for any of these <laughs> No, No bar tools to reopen your butthole? Well, I go to a different part of the kitchen, like not the- <laughs> <laughs> a different part of the no, kitchen. No, you start at the bar, then you get the tool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in a in a very non comical way, they they basically decided Korean Wolverine is like, please just just kill me, and and Wolverine's like, I'll take care of it. You know, he feels the responsibility being the DNA host mm-hmm. that kind of he- caused this whole problem, and basically quietly 
snicks the claw through the brain. We assume. And it's done. And you just see this this very sad panel of no background at all, very silhouetted figures, just Wolverine holding his counterpart kind of remorse. And, you know, and very dark moments. There's so many painful moments in this comic of just these poor people that have been taken advantage of, for lack of a better term. They've just been subjected to this horror at this point, and the heroes who are responsible having to take responsibility. You know, Wolverine didn't actively do anything, but he feels responsible because he's been a target his entire life. You know, he's always been a target for other people's misery. And now we see exactly what that can rock, what that can reap. You know, they end up kind of liberating this camp and everybody starts reuniting with their families. Except not everyone starts reuniting with their families. Right. Like Nightcrawler gets to gets to meet his wife, girlfriend, whatever. We found out his name is Kim. Counterpart is. But we see Colossus openly weeping because his family's dead. Right. Uh, and what's kind of horrific here is Deadpool's like, I made a sign from a family. Let's go find him. Carmelita and what's her name? Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Which I found this moment odd because Deadpool openly references the baby's name earlier. Right. Like, he's like, the name's Eleanor. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, I think that was it, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Just, I guess it just emphasizes his whole, like, his reality is this yeah. weird hodgepodge of memory-wiping yeah. drugs and, his, and, and voices. Pop, and, and pop culture references. Yeah. I think it emphasizes his reality of being the absent father. Womp womp. Like, like it, it's not a happy explanation, but I really do think it emphasizes that I have not been here for her life. You know, not the right name. I think it is. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I haven't been a part of this girl's life. Mm. But everybody else is kind of like, hey, maybe you should. And Wolverine's temper. incredibly soft with him. Yeah. yeah like and, and, and that, that so the compassionate. That's 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 the. <laughs> this is Logan I, I don't know now. The one thing. It's, 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 it's one of the things I love about the story is, you know, it takes the edge off Wolverine. You see that in some right. of his stories where he becomes very human, and this is one of them where he's like, look, Wade, people don't have their family anymore. I think you're being a little too hopeful here. You should really kind of dial back a little bit. And Deadpool's not getting it and stumbles upon a mass grave with Carmelita's body just kind of sitting in the middle. These are some sick panels. And immediately breaks down the trips into it. He just trips into this pile of human remains, which is absolutely horrific. Going back to that constant theme of like, pinky kind of flesh being a rebirth or something. This is all just dark, hued reds. Yeah, I don't know. I was reading this when it came out. You go from zombie presidents to this. Right. And how do you not go, what the fuck is going on? You don't. Because, well, Deadpool's dichotomy of a character to begin with. The fact that he is, it's like, oh, haha, he's funny, he's a merc with mouth, he breaks the fourth wall to... No, this guy has had some really tragic things happen to him over his life. Like trauma. I mean, like straight yeah. up trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> most humans don't see things like this and are okay. And that, and considering his brain is just so fragile, so fried. So many pieces missing. Exactly, exactly. It's like a jigsaw puzzle at the Y. There's so many pieces missing. It's not even a real puzzle anymore. How many? <clears throat> how, how much time did you spend at the Y with your absent parents that didn't love you? Oh, my parent. Are you kidding me? My parents love the crap out of me. They were always there. Never had to go to the wall. They're not I, I, there Mike, now. Mike, Mike, they love you. They love him. They're just disappointed. You're mixing up words. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's fine. So. <sighs> My parents ever listen to this, y'all are going to receive some very strong tweets. 
No, we're going to see some very strong handwritten parents, letters from your father. I was like, do your parents your father's have not gonna tweet at me. game? No, no, they don't. They, your father's going to handwrite me a letter. They barely Facebook. He will with the pin that I got him for Christmas I know, as well. I know. And I, I'm very, your, your father sounds like a lovely man. He's going to say, Michael Durrett, you are what we like to call a human fart. <laughs> I feel like your father would come with a much better descriptive term. So we jump to part five which is Deadpool's flashback. It's him in the Weapon Plus program, and basically he's like, look, I'm done. You cured my cancer, but I'm covered in sores and scar. Like, I'm not dying of cancer anymore, but I am hideous, I'm horrific, I want to die. And and basically the, the entire program's like, yeah, that's not up to you anymore, that, that's on us. Which is, again, further cementing Deadpool's worthlessness, his, his, his hopelessness, beneath everybody else. So we jump to the current moment, where Cap decides to go topside and hold off the North Korean army, but also have plausible deniability as to what Deadpool and Wolverine are about to do to Butler. Because Butler has sealed himself up in a bunker, and Deadpool and Wolverine are going to figure out a way to get into it. Rubber baby Butler bunker? No. Okay. So Wolverine is just <laughs> ripping apart his claws, the computer area inside this whole thing. And we find after them ripping the whole thing, he's going through and destroying everything and laying bombs down to finally blow up this entire complex in figurative North Korea. And Deadpool stumbles upon what kind of looks like a really interesting Cerebro from the you know X-Men universe of things. Wolverine's running around trying to figure out how to blow the place up and, and break in and everything. Deadpool finds what you call it. What, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, what, What's the box that your family uses to talk in your house, Greg? Intercom? Intercom. Intercom, I yeah. Deadpool finds an intercom. One. <laughs> the, 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 no, the, the, the Tilton Hilton had an intercom system. I understand what you're referencing, but sure. Anyway. Intercom system. So while... Wolverine's running around trying to lay the bombs and, and find a way into the bunker. Deadpool just goes over to the intercom and he's like, hey, Butler, I got a deal for you. Open the door. So the door gets open and Deadpool walks in and basically sees this panic room. Davis, describe the panic room for us. It looks like, said Cerebro earlier, but it looks like a hybrid of uh, Cerebro and Magneto's kind of containment unit in X-Men 2, X-Men United. Classroom looks like they have there's a bed in there and various forms of computer panels that just happen to be holographic screens you can look at filled with those and Butler happens to be inside there with his beloved sister sister just still gross yeah well um, that's Delvey but then after we see that it's like all right well dialogue back and forth and say you know this is a booby trapped room but Butler starts filling in Deadpool's missing memories and tells Deadpool look. You were a willing participant of my research at one point. You decided you didn't want to be part of that anymore. And that's when I kidnapped Carmelita and Eleanor as an insurance policy for the future. And basically he's like, look, Wade, this is all your fault. I never would have taken them if you hadn't stopped participating and they wouldn't be dead now. So this is on you, chief. Some logic right there. Hey, I wouldn't have had to kidnap your family if you didn't participate in my crazy experiments that are illegal and horrific and unethical. Well, they're illegal in America. North Korea seems to be just fine with it. Deadpool makes a declaration to Butler of basically, look, now finally kind of accepts his worth, which, which the whole point of this issue, he's been just shit on the entire time. And Deadpool finally accepts his worth. He's like, no, I don't remember everything. But if I stopped helping you make killers, then I must be a good person. It's like, well, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. I, I don't care. I'm behind this bulletproof glass here. And... 
he was actually making a plea to Butler's sister, who he noticed was actually awake in the background, who opens the door, and then Deadpool gets to step in and basically wreck Butler. Again, all of this happening while Captain America is solo standing down the entire North Korean army at this point in time. I, I really like that point because the Korean army is just like, they're terrified. They're standing there like a stalemate. They're like, what do we do? Like, is, is the big green guy going to pop out of nowhere? And what about the robot it, man? They're like, we should really wait for those tanks to get here. Like, what, what about the blonde <laughs> guy with the hammer? Is he going to pop up out of nowhere? <laughs> they're just like, they're like, yeah, the weak American one's here, but what about all of his friends that terrify us? <laughs> you know, America's not weak. Not because we stand together, Davis. Yes. Just like Hamilton. <laughs> Butler's sister, basically, sister's like, hey, I don't even know if I'm his biological sister. Mm-hmm. Which makes things even creepier. Butler is some level of just completely, completely fucked in the head. Yeah, like, like, like that's, I that's don't, the only way to describe it. He's just fucked in the head. She's like, look, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being part of this. I'm just let me stay behind. And, yeah. and Wade's like, okay, I can get that. I, I get that. You you can stay. Now, Deadpool does take a couple items off the body. He takes a, a saliva swab. Takes Swabs the cheeks. Some, a, a couple other things to, to basically allow Preston to open an investigation in S.H.I.E.L.D. afterwards to basically ensure none of his crazy experiments live beyond his existence. Now, Wolverine has set his charges. They blow the place and walk out in cool guys don't look at explosions fashion. And in Deadpool can't stop giving his final words yep. fashion. <laughs> Toad running this country that nobody is going to ampersand dollar sign percent sign with us anymore. No one's going to ask with us? There's only That's, that's the only three-letter curse word it's I know. has got to be an exclamation point in there or something. No, no, it's it's It's, it's literally three. just three? Uh, actually, it's not even ampersand. It's, um, uh, it's the pound symbol dollar sign percentage sign with us. Hashtag. I don't. Compl- I don't complain. I, I know for a fact that you were too old. To you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe in the pound sign and not the hashtag. I was about sign. to say I. I don't. I don't fight about much, but Mike, I. You can tweet I at us. Swear, <laughs> pound jacks of trades. <laughs> pound a jack. From now on, I will not say hashtag. All, yeah, all, all of our, all of our hashtags will not be pound Marvel. <laughs> pound what about podcasting? I wonder how popular hashtag hash browns is. So after the explosion happens, they make a quick quip about North Korea. Again, the fat toad running this country, which again, 2013. So this was right in the beginning of like, because Kim Jong-il died in 2011. So this is two years into the reign of his son and the fat pudgy man that he is. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. So 96 hours later in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, all the guys are kind of in street clothes. They're walking the street, and they're having a little bit of a heart-to-heart between the three. Uh, Wolverine and Cap are finally seeing Deadpool as their equal. You know, he's no longer this giant joke. He's no longer this weird, comic, goofy mercenary. They're kind of seeing him as an equal. Cap basically, hey, you did great. You know, kind of give him the pep talk, the, the very the very fatherly Captain America kind of, kind of style that he is. You're a great soldier. Whereas Wolverine, not good at emotions, just kind of like... I don't really do this well, so if you ever want to grab a beer, just let me know. Um, I would like that. Yeah, yeah, but 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 they both kind of finally give him his credence, but not as Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the pun's a bit weak up until this point. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Deadpool has set his sights. He's like, look, now the focus is getting Preston back into her physical body. It's it's the only logical course after losing two loved ones. 
just jump back into work, you know, and, and that, that's all he knows. So that kind of puts a bow on this story. Now, I want to talk about some of the storytelling and, and, and the storytelling devices they use. It's the whole reason I brought Greg in on this one. A, I thought it was an accessible story for him to kind of get into, but B, Greg being a filmmaker, I think he has a very interesting perspective that he can kind of bring here. Just the way this story is told is unlike a lot of things that I see in comics. Like It's told from a different kind of framework. It's very cinematic. It's very theatrical. You know, in kind of its presentation, you have this ridiculous opening that then tanks into this very serious, dark kind of story. Strong contrast between just this, as we said earlier, you know, we were talking cinematic terms, the black exploitation film, the the '70s action thing, you know, the kung fu guy, right? It's all this ridiculous stuff, colors and the art style, and then it just serves a massive contrast to like internment camps and like really screwed up experiments and killing women and children and you know just it's just yeah, like it, it they're like, literally wow. raced against the clock at one point to be like we have to move quickly because they're going to just start murdering everyone here so we need to move as quickly as possible so that we lose as few as possible right yeah hey like, isn't <laughs> classic 70s racism funny oh it's not so funny when it's nowadays like right because because really that, that's what it is we we have we have two racially charged stories almost mm-hmm. the 70s white America dealing with the the ethnic population and then we dive into this very well, they keep modern him the westerner if you notice yeah. that yeah, Butler yeah, they, is constantly referred to as like yeah they're run by this westerner and it's like that yeah, racial it, narrative is still even woven the people of North it. Korea don't quite you know even even not even the people but even the horrific you know military complex of North Korea doesn't even quite accept Butler for what he is but yeah, they just need like, him like why right. is he here <laughs> you know they they do a really good balance of humor and darkness. Well, they definitely, it's a very classic thing you see in movies. Like, you'll always have that dark humor. And dark humor is not like, haha, funny. It just kind of makes you chuckle and it gives you a relief. Yeah, it's, you think it's about, almost one of those, if I don't laugh right now, I'll cry in a couple well, minutes. Well, it's why we think, we notice we all harped on that part where he says, Carmenella and what's your name? Yeah, Car- Carmelina and what's your name? Carmelina, yeah, what's her yeah. name? And you're like, like, we want to find logic in it, but ultimately that whole point was to give us a classic Deadpool moment, to give us a brief reprieve, yeah, as well just, as also to break our hearts. Because yeah, you see this it's, moment it's, it's of setup. Deadpool, and you think, I think about movies like um, anything made by Lars von Trier, anything yeah. made by um, Aronofsky. They're just such exhausting movies, because part of what it is is that it just it's just a spiral, and they don't give you comic relief. They never break from it. It's two hours of raw, depression that is those two in a nutshell and a lot of movies much more depend on like whether it's will ferrell or jack black you know any of these characters maybe even playing a dramatic role they're still going to crack a joke in the middle of like a murder scene like just like you know someone's getting brutalized and their lives ruined but like there's kind of this like haha chuckle moment just to give you a breath of air yeah and and that definitely i felt like that in this it's like the Joss Whedon of things to where if you oh, like, definitely the, like the first Avengers movie, Iron Man goes into outer space, blows up the nuke, falls to the ground. Everyone's like, is he is he dead? Flips it up. Hey, you guys want to get shawarma? Like, yeah, yeah. We cool. They, they, they almost shawarma? have to dial. They, yeah. They, they, or like Joss that, that or, uh, the other great example. I know I just keep citing him up. I think about um Firefly, he's fighting with Jane. He's like screaming at him. They're getting this huge thing about like, you know, get all these people killed. Is that why these people leave your ship? And he's like, do you want to run this ship? And he goes, actually, I do. He's like, you 
you can't. Like, you know, like, <laughs> just, it's very intense it's moments just, there. Yeah, it's just, it's just this amazingly tense moment that's got you roped in, and they kind of break it up. Well, that's the whole thing. But it does it very. It does it very well, though. It doesn't like. It doesn't rip you out of the moment. Yeah, because that's the thing with the that story. That is Deadpool's is, character. Is the story is so dark. Like it is, it it keeps spiraling downward. Yeah, and they just here's a breath of air, and then immediately suck back down. Yes, constantly. You just get yes. deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in the story, and like even I, the flashbacks, which are a break from the dark narrative, are then their are own still form dark. of dark things. Yes, but but the, the cool thing that is, Iron is that Squad it, scene just got me, dude. Oh, that was brutal, brutal. Because at first I didn't, it, I didn't understand what well, was that's, happening that's, at first. That's and really I read it one, again, of, I was like, one of the first whoa. extremely dark scenes. <sighs> Is that one that, so that brings helpless. us to to the pacing of the story? The pacing is extremely engaging, yes, because mm-hmm. it keeps it sets up a situation, and then the resolution of that situation then ramps up the next one. Like it yeah. doesn't actually dial you down; it dials you up further because every t- moment that's resolved then gets dialed further in. Well, a it lot of flashbacks we use as kind of almost like a quasi origin story. What I liked about these was. You know, scenes not only added to the story, but it gave me a little context. I'm not sure it was meant for the new well, reader, so, but they definitely contributed so to my here's, understanding here's, here's very the quickly. Thing, here's the thing that I noticed, I took away from it, is if you notice on parts three, four, and five, we have three different flashbacks. Apps flashback, which is part three. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's flashback is part four. Deadpool's flashback is part five. Part three is the good. Part four is the bad. Part five is the ugly. Yeah. The good is Cap saying, we need to protect this world from evil, which is his flashback to the concentration camp. That's that's inherent good. Yeah. Wolverine's flashback is, I need to protect the world from myself, the evil that I am, which is his bad. Deadpool's flashback is just his self-loathing, his wanting to die during the Weapon X program, which yeah. of, of the moment. Each flashback encapsulates the good, the bad, and the ugly appropriately, right. which I thought was a great device to tell this story. Well, it's formative moments for each character. It really is. It, it definitely does kind of give you that important backstory of what each character's motivation is. Cap's motivation is holding up the good. Wolverine's motivation is just not letting things get sucked into the bad. And Deadpool's motivation is, well, I'm worthless, so... I might as well do the best I can. You know, and it's, it's the good, bad, and the ugly of every... You know, I don't want to say every person, but that's kind of what it is. Like, the human. The, the human animal is is you have your inherent good, but you have your bad, and you have your ugly. And or even beyond, I should do the best I can. He's also like, I'm terrible and awful, and I guess I'm just okay with waiting in the filth. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it, it, uh, no pun intended. He, he, wait, but. But, but that's the thing. He's like, this is where I am, so I might right. as well exist where I am and, yeah, do, I, I am and do what I, I can where I am. And I thought that was a great way to kind of tell the story is using those three characters yeah. for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I do like using Deadpool. I think he's the perfect protagonist for this kind of story because he is humorous enough to be this dark, but he's also dark enough to be this funny. You know, it goes back into that, that humor through darkness, darkness through humor. You can't be this dark with a serious character because it gets so dark and, and you can't get out of that darkness. No. But you also can't but take... But it's not a coping mechanism for either, which is weird. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, his humor never feels like a coping mechanism. No, it, it's just who he is. It's just, yeah. it's just how broken he is, almost. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just what It's like an extension of his instead. Is. Now, now, dealing with, with the art, we talked about this earlier, it goes from this very old school, 70s mm-hmm. inspired for the flashback issue to the very modern, traditional comic styling to the actual story, which is just dark and gritty and angular, and it really highlights the story it's telling. It's not smooth. It's not pretty. It's not, you know, uh, very bright and vibrant. It's just 
this is kind of the nature we live in. We're going to use the angles, the lines, the colors to really tell this story. Or the lack of. Exactly. Exactly. Like huge tons of use of negative space, like the black background with Preston talking, the uh, the white, white space of, yeah. of Wolverine Wolverine's. holding K-Man Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just get the, the use of space, the use of emptiness. Um, you think of it like from a cinematic standpoint, again, all those really negative space shots are very wide. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and film, it's always, you always get your master, which is like just the scene plays out. Then you move in for coverage. It's over the shoulder. Talk, 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 back and forth. That's a very wrote bare minimum needed in film and then wides are kind of strayed from and you see it in the comics here too it's always these like is their faces torso up sometimes they're talk 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 but all these dramatic moments it's tiny person in a huge and very pulled out yeah Yeah. big and wide these very nice it kind of highlights the emptiness it really of those moments it makes them alone it isolates them it's a very isolating moment the world around them doesn't exist in that moment it's just him in the white it's just him in the white Man. I was going to sit there and go, is there a way I can shoehorn the white man back into this? I mean, it really comes to... Well, even then, um, uh, if you guys want to really drag it back there, uh, all the stuff when the, the local flashbacks, there's a fairly white prominence thing, going back to the fact that the white man was the catalyst for this whole thing eventually happening. So with that being said, going with this concept of the, the you know, for I hate to say the purity of white, because we're going to color here, because the white man's a horrible person. Uh, just going back to the purity of this white thing that's like kind of campy, fun, happy adventure that happened back in the 1970s, in which it's, oh, ha Deadpool hanging out with the, with, with these guys, oh, it's a good stuff, but having the dichotomy of this pink visceral birth yeah. of how this brand new side of Deadpool was birthed from this really kind of jokey event that happened with the white man. You know what I kept expecting to come back around? Um, in the beginning, they, he kept hearing people use the word copacetic, and he's like, why do people keep saying that? And like, he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I remember that And moment. I really thought that there was going to be, like, maybe when he was drugged up and plugged into tubes, it was, like, all a simulation or something. I thought, yeah. like, copacetic was just going to be this this trigger word for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of surprised it didn't. Copacetic. Right. I was, like, I was thinking it was going to make some relevance later on. To be fair. I was curious about that. I didn't. I, I've not read this entire volume, so it might it Maybe might come back around or something. At some point. It might come be back earlier later. or later. I'm not sure. It didn't come back in this particular story, right? But he, just kept, he goes, "There's that word again, copacetic," and you know, <laughs> like, what's going on? Let's talk about some of the the other big themes of this. It really addresses the point of self worth. Yes, like the whole story is just Deadpool and his lack of self worth. I don't want to say self. I want to say worth in general because nobody really gives him credit and nobody gives him credence. Well, not even himself. But that, that was his whole point to Butler. It's like when everybody thinks you're worthless, you start to believe it yourself. Yep. You know, and, and everybody's really just kind of like, yeah, it's Deadpool. He's and you almost kind of laugh merc, it off. He's the merc with a mouth. You know, <laughs> but that, but that was, that's what I liked about this story, because he's such a comedic tool in the Marvel Universe that everybody kind of laughs off his more serious qualities. And this story really highlights some of those serious notes that you don't get to see very often from Deadpool. And the fan, even the reader, is just like, oh, Deadpool's funny, haha, which is why people don't buy his comics right now. Like, like you, do, you do get a lot of purchase, but like traditional comic fans are like, I'm tired of Deadpool. He's just hokey humor, you know? It's just jokes and violence. But then occasionally, like recently, he had an issue that just came out. It was issue number 20 of his current run where... He runs into a woman who is going to commit suicide. And he goes on this little one issue long adventure to kind of prevent her from committing suicide. And he says, look, I am not smart enough to save you, but I'm smart enough to know that somebody else can. 
and brings her to a hospital to kind of deal with her depression. You know, as great moments in the comics in between his goofy adventures where he is a serious real character. He does have a dark past just like Wolverine. His past is no prettier than Wolverine's. But we we kind of idolize Wolverine for his dark loner qualities. And we kind of brush off Deadpool because he's comedic and fun. Well, they're both Canadian. Eh, we don't know if Deadpool... Uh, that was just brought there, the question. There actually <laughs> is a reference. There's a reference. Because Deadpool's like, why do I remember Ohio? And, and like, oh, but- God, I thought I was from Ohio. And Butler's <laughs> like, well, I'm from Ohio. And he goes, oh, thank God, I thought I was from Ohio. Like, he's so much happier to be Canadian than be... But we don't know. We don't know Wolverine's origin. We don't know Deadpool's origin. We know a little bit. We think we do, but we're well, not quite well, sure. They, well, they did release the definitive Wolverine origin a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that could be rewritten at any moment. At con. Yeah. Uh, we Walk also, into comics. <laughs> we also deal with this this idea of being victimized. It starts with, with the white man who's victimizing the minorities. It goes into the you know internment camp in North Korea that's victimizing these people and the K-men and everything. Everybody kind of has a certain degree of victimization to them. Everybody is a tool to somebody else in this story. Which, which is uh, kind well, of taking close to an look end at, at that point. And what they found really interesting is actually kind of just clicking for me. Freeze and his wife makes him a sympathetic character, right? Any of these stories where people are doing these desperate, awful things to save someone is it's obviously built to make them sympathetic. But there is nothing sympathetic about this guy, about no. Butler, because he's like, oh, yeah, my beloved. Butler. But they immediately strip that away by making it creepy. But I mean, it's kind of like it's his sister where yeah. you're like, well, maybe he really likes his sister. But he is weird, really yeah, using weird, weird language. Use, and right. then at the end, not just that she was like, I just want to die. But beyond that, it was like. Didn't even know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm not even sure he's my brother. Like, you're yeah. like, hold yeah. up. This guy is like a really strange fixation with a woman who might not even know who the hell he is. His butts. Like, yeah. it's a very strange thing. So he has nothing sympathetic. So it's not even like he's doing the right thing with the wrong methods. Right. It's no, like he's doing everything he's doing is wrong, wrong methods. Everything he's, wrong. he's clearly unstable. Like something is very wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But but. He is allowed to... And he makes himself a victim. He's like, I'm doing this for the better... He tries to give the whole... He gives the classic evil man speech, like, join me and we can change the world together. And you don't believe a word of it. No. Not because he's evil. You're just like, I just don't... You're crazy. Like, you're not even trying to do the right thing. You're just out of your mind. Watch the, uh, you know... You and me, we aren't quite that that different. different. Yes. (laughs) And it's not even remotely relevant or relatable no, in any other story just, it would be it would sell but i was sitting there like just how strikingly evil this guy was with so little time well, he's, he's on just page. so he's selfish that's the one thing he's just the most and dresses it up as something be. like he's yeah. convinced himself he's doing it for the right reasons too i don't know it's such a like crazy villain there are plenty of worse villains i guess who are just deed-wise. evil i want to destroy everything yeah, yeah th- th- there's worse villains there's worse and, villains deed wise that yeah. we you know you'd say you are objectively worse than butler because you've done x number of things but he's so much more hateable than a lot of these famous villains you know just cuz every attempt to humanize him further alienates him Almost. It just further, like, ew. Any plea to make him relatable usually backfires. That's yeah. basically the way to look yeah. at it. And, but, nothing but, but I, nothing that, that was absolutely intentional. There's no way that wasn't Oh, absolutely. And it was you know. so, he was so unsettling. He was so creepy. Just there's disgusting. like There's like the sympathetic yeah. creepy where there's like, you know, you just don't have social mores. Like, you don't understand how to interact with people. You're just an awkward person. Yeah. And then there's like, there is something deeply 
deeply flawed with you. Yeah, this just, like you're not wired sociopathic. Properly. Yeah, you're just not wired properly. He was he was a very unsettling person. I'd never seen him before. I was like, dude, I do not like you. <laughs> Immediately, you're <laughs> like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Another point. It really highlights the political climate at the time, yeah. which was the the turmoil of North Korea's power exchange mm-hmm. from Kim Jong Il, who was a lunatic, but he was a lunatic to his own people. And then we get his son Kim Jong Un into power, and at the time, we were genuinely concerned. Tons of headlines of, of just like, what is he going to do? Because he he is not experienced as a leader. Uncle, because he did something right or something that, that was saber rattling going on for more aid. He was doing yeah, he was yeah, and, 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 missiles. And, and for a while there, we were genuinely concerned that he was just going to start a world war because he could. He had the power to. Not that Kim Jong Un is creating Cayman, but given the power at the time, okay, fine. If you if you had the ability to, you know, he, he you was almost willing to anything. do anything. Yeah, if at you the offered time. him any sort of tool, he'll probably mm-hmm. take. Yeah, which which is really cool because we we always talk about. Accurate or not, that's kind of yeah. the sensation. Yeah, but, 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 but that's the whole point: is, yeah. is comics are a window into the time they're talking about. Absolutely. You know, just like the the opening issue, the exploitation issue was a commentary on that time in mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. This is a commentary on that time in the political sphere, right? Which was this near helpless feeling that we had as a world against this small superpower in the Stone Age, which is highlighted because everybody's immediately upset there in North Korea, but they have the power to cause all kinds of mayhem and damage. They have nothing to lose, almost, which makes him more terrifying. Doesn't even Wolverine when he wakes up, he's like, "Are you kidding me? Are we in North Korea?" He's like, "What?" Yeah, everybody's like, so upset there in North Korea. Like, what are you? Because are it, you cause, joking? Because North Korea is. It, I don't want to make this too on the nose, but North Korea is kind of Deadpoolish. Just this giant joke that has the power to cause all kinds of mayhem. That's actually a really good comparison. You know, yeah. you know and, and I, I, I you're don't the think, Deadpool of countries. I don't think that was very. <laughs> Which means everybody's going to buy their sequel. Like, I don't <laughs> move on to the the rating segment of this Ooh. one. Um, I'm going to start this time. I'm going to say this one's a buy. I really enjoyed this. I, it's my personal favorite kind of story. I love this this gritty, witty kind of story. Like, it's got its darkness, but it's got its humor. It addresses the kind of more serious issues, which I think is very important in a medium like this. But it also dresses them down with the humor so it's not just so heavy and and weighs so hard on you that that you kind of don't want to continue reading it it brings a certain depth to deadpool that you don't usually see on him which i do really enjoy and it's engaging from start to finish you know at the very least it's it's a must read in my opinion if you are or aren't a deadpool fan if you are very against deadpool oh he's just so overused in comics and movies at this point this is a great story to read about him because it's not the traditional ha-ha, goofy, let me shoot a bunch of stuff. It's a real deep, dark story that humanizes Deadpool in a way that doesn't normally happen. And I think it's definitely worth picking up. And if you're the kind of person that likes to put these kind of stories in your library, this is a good one for reread. So I'm definitely giving it a buy on this one. Davis? Me personally, uh, with this one, I'm going to give this one a uh, just borrow I can give it before pass. Personally. Really? Yes, yes. Don't get me wrong. 
I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed that, but it's the exact opposite. When I was looking at this Deadpool thing, I was like, all right, cool, man. Fun, campy Deadpool. Let's let's have some fun with this. Let's see. And then, it, and then it got very serious, which, don't get me wrong, I appreciated the story. I loved what it did to evolve the character. But whenever I'm going to read and have these things, I kind of want to have, like, a fun, campy Deadpool where, you know, shenanigans are happening. And Duckpool shows up for some reason. Or his head from the zombie universe shows up for some reason. And why does get cracked and everything? This is not the story that you want out of Deadpool. No, not at you're all. Saying. Not at all. This is not the story that I wanted out of Deadpool, but it's still a good story. So I, that's why I'm giving this one a borrow because it's a story. It is worth reading. You sh- little of Deadpool canon that I know. I'm not saying this is this is the definitive Deadpool serious story you need to read, but it's a really good story. Fair. Yeah. So again, come from the outsider perspective, I had no context for these characters, but you know, from the movies I've seen and and from the little research I've done, and just being a guy, you get some indirect access to just comic material in general. Um, really do enjoy comics, and you like my. I would probably say a buy. Just it's one of those ones where, especially like TV shows and movies, or well, TV shows and any sort of serialized content, there tends to be like we're going through these adventures, we're having all these things, but there's always the stories that stand out. These moments of character growth. We were mentioning Firefly earlier in the episode where Jane finds a small town that worshipped him as a folk hero. We suddenly had this mm-hmm. dumb mercenary character. It's not even that he's all of a sudden has some dark past that you learn all about. It's that. You see this character developed in watching him deal with emotions he doesn't like and trying to understand, like, cultural relevance. Like, that's a very high Mm. concept for him. And that episode stood out a lot for me. And I think a lot of that here where Deadpool, who I have all these preconceived notions about him and what his character is. And this isn't the only time he gets dark from what I can tell, but I kind of like the direction they went with it. It was fun seeing Wolverine and him both kind of lay some demons out. But I will say Captain America was very underutilized. His character has very few words. He seems like he's in there to get... He emphasizes the good narrative, but I just, like, really the only major moment he had was you get in cess camps, you know, the, yeah, the flashback. The, yeah, which he was totally not needed for, and or it was so on the nose. So I just was kind of like... I, I was disappointed in how they used Captain America. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more insight on him. Nevertheless, the art style was fantastic. It was a really cool comic. As someone who knew nothing, I was still... On the second reading, I made a lot of sense. God damn, those first two issues with the white man were so funny. I was laughing literally out loud. I was lolling. I was in tears. Those scenes were so, so funny. Oh, my God. I I can't say bye. Uh, Just a few minor complaints, but overall, it was very powerful. And the Cayman stuff and seeing mashed to a pulp on the barbed wire and seeing like real visceral moments that when you think comic books you tend to think kids and humor and young things but i don't know that was uh it was it was good it had some really powerful moments and uh as someone who's always been skeptical of his interest in comics it had i got some strong reactions out of it so okay so we have uh two buys and a very weak borrow weak borrow so if you are you know, closer to Davis and, and, and you look to your comics for fun, light moments, which seems like Davis is more style. This is not the story for you. Read the first two issues of it. Yeah, but but <laughs> if, if you like the darker adventures, this is definitely a tale that you should check out, yeah. in my opinion. So, guys, anything else you want to add to wrap it up? No, I got nothing. Uh, like what I said, it was an enjoyable read, but not my cup of tea. Okay. Fun to be a part of it this time. Thanks for letting me have a microphone. Yep. Yep. After this, you can just shut the fuck up. Yeah, it won't won't happen again for a long time. So thanks, guys, for listening. You can check us out at jacksoftradespodcast.com. 
You can email us at Jacks of Trades Podcast at gmail.com. We are at Facebook.com slash Jacks Trades Pod. And we are on Instagram and Twitter at Jacks Trades Pod. So if there's nothing else for you guys, I'm Mike. I'm Davis. I'm Greg. Have a good one. Adios, y'all. This episode of Jacks of Trade was hosted by Mike Durrett and Davis A. Calais. It, mixing and recording was done by Daniel Desimoni, as well as the editing, and it was recorded at the In-Depth Media offices in New Orleans, Louisiana. When I, when I was a child, I, I was hanging with a friend of mine, Jake, and we were like, let's play pro wrestling. I'll be Jake the Snake. I'll be Mike the... I don't want to play pro wrestling anymore. <laughs> That's exactly how that moment went. <laughs>